This episode is Christmas Special 2023, the crowning of William the Bastard. Merry Christmas. I uh, hope you're all ready for a new Christmas special. When this is released, I should be enjoying a lovely, warm, or even hot Christmas morning with my children and Philip and my lovely in-laws. I hope all of you are enjoying the season, no matter what you celebrate. Today, I'm going to discuss Christmas Day 1066, in England specifically. Last year, I discussed the crowning of Charlemagne in 800, and this coronation is a bit different. You might remember from last year that Charlemagne enjoyed a bit of political theater, pretending that he had no idea he was going to be crowned when Pope Leo offered him said crown. This crowning in 1066 was planned mostly by the man who was being crowned, William of Normandy, who I like to call William the Bastard, but who most of you know as William the Conqueror. While William couldn't claim that he didn't want to be the King of England, his attack on England was due to his claim that his cousin, Edward the Confessor, supposedly named him as his heir. He did go through the theatre of asking his nobility if he should be crowned. He bowed, see what I did there? To their urging that he become king to stabilize the political situation in England. Right, guys. He was crowned in Westminster Abbey on the 25th of December, 1066. While working on my patron special episode about William Adeline, William the Bastard's grandson, I spent a great deal of time reading Odoric Vitalis. Odoric was an English chronicler who I last looked at while researching Robert Curtos. He, unlike the Norman chroniclers, doesn't appear to have been a fan of William. So his account on William's coronation is not that flattering. And this actually gives us a bit of an interesting moment in history. Odoric wrote his History Ecclesiastica in the early 1100s, 40 years after the coronation. And he wasn't even alive in 1066. He wasn't born until 1075. He was basing his work off of the stories that he had been told and the two other works that I'll be sharing. But we also have contemporary Norman sources for this coronation, the two other works. While history is often written by the victors, sometimes we end up with the words of the defeated, and seeing the two sides is always worth a look. Odoric's direct quote from the coronation was, in modern English, of course, quote, He was crowned at Westminster by Aldred, Archbishop of York with the acclamation of both Normans and English, and governed the Kingdom of England with a strong hand 20 years, 8 months, and 16 days. End quote. But then he continues with, quote, Under his rule, the native inhabitants were crushed, imprisoned, disinherited, banished, and scattered beyond the limits of their own country, while his own vassals and adherents were exalted to wealth and honors and raised to all the offices of the state. End quote. In an earlier part of his work, he, Odoric, describes the events outside of the abbey. The Archbishop of York, Aldred, asked the assembled notables, both English and Norman, to confirm their assent to William being their king. Their cheers led to the Norman guards outside of the abbey hearing shouts in English, which they didn't understand. It apparently led them to lighting nearby buildings on fire because they thought the English inside the abbey were betraying William. Let's be honest, that wouldn't have been the worst choice. 
Not the best start to a reign. William himself was rather shaken up by this, apparently. If you're curious, the full description can be found on page 491 of Volume 1 of Odoric Vitalis's work at archive.org, and I'll include a link to that volume in the show notes. Now, the Norman sources, written by Guy, who was the Bishop of Amiens, he wrote Carmen Widonis, Winden's Song, usually referred to today as Carmen de Hastingé Prolio. I really hope my Latin was right. Sorry about that, guys. Song of the Battle of Hastings. This is an epic poem. I mean, it is epic, but it follows the mold of the Iliad. In this, Guy claims that the English offered William the crown, you know, after the Battle of Hastings, where their previously crowned king died, and after the Witan had elected Edgar the Etheling. I'll again be including a link to archive.org's copy of the English translation, with annotations by Catherine Morton and Hope Mons. So what does Guy say about William's coronation? Well, his description is of an orderly and organized crowning. It has William being escorted to the church by the two English archbishops. Once proceedings had started, the Norman bishop, Geoffrey of Coutances, tells the assembled magnates and nobles, both English and Norman, quote, If the king presented please you, declare it to us, for it is fitting that this be done by your free choice, end quote. Guy then goes on to say that the Witan and the clergy approved. They clapped because they didn't speak French, or possibly some of them even Latin. No fires from confused guards, just an orderly coronation. There is a possibility that this was in the poem at one point, but that it's since been lost or taken out. And this is discussed in Morton and Moont's translation and analysis, so do give that a look if you have a chance. There is a third source, but this one should be judged with an even more critical eye than our previous two. This source, William of Poitiers, who wrote Gesta Willemi Ducis Noran no Normanorum Normanorium et Regis Anglorium, the deeds of William, Duke of Normandy, and King of the English. We're gonna try that in Latin one more time. Gesta Willemelli Ducis Nor no Normanorum et Regis Anglorum. The only bit that's easy to pronounce is Anglorum was William's personal chaplain, so far from being unbiased. I do want to defend William of Poitiers, though, for a moment. He mentions the fire that we heard earlier in Odric's telling. In fact, Odric likely got the note about the fire through William of Poitiers' work. Quote, The Archbishop of York, a great lover of justice and a man of mature years, wise, good, and eloquent, addressed the English and asked them in the appropriate words whether they would consent to him being crowned their lord. They all shouted their joyful assent with no hesitation, as if heaven had granted them one mind and one voice. End quote. And further, quote, but the men who armed and mounted had been placed as a guard round the minister on hearing the loud clamor in an unknown tongue, thought that some treachery was afoot and rashly set fire to houses nearer to the city, end quote. It sounds like a coronation most kings would want to avoid. I mean, our current king had a bit of a hissy fit because people were a little late to his coronation. 
I find it interesting because William likely selected Christmas Day due to the positive association of that day, both with the supposed birth of Jesus Christ and Charlemagne's crowning. Sadly for him, it was a coronation to remember for all the wrong reasons. It appears that it was a bit of a portent of his rule due to the long struggle of his English subjects to throw off said rule. In the end, as we know, William would succeed and maintain his new, to him, kingdom. And with that, I hope all of you enjoy your Christmas a great deal more than William did in 1066. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 